Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGM Bakersfield. Hey, everybody, this is Aaron Richmond, and you're listening to Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we talk about issues in the blindness community. Aaron's Opinion can be heard almost everywhere you get a podcast, along with YouTube. We're also on Facebook, where I do post a lot of information, Twitter, and, of course, Patreon. Welcome back. Today, uh, you know, I was talking to some people in some of my groups and someone wanted to come in basically right now. Um, And uh, his name is uh, Chris and um, he is the current president of the Winchester chapter of the National Federation of the Blind in Winchester, Virginia. Chris, welcome to Aaron's Opinion. Um, I understand that you've quite a story to tell, so I will mute my microphone and go right ahead. Great. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for inviting me into this podcast. And uh, it definitely was a on-the-minute thing to happen to come into, so I'm really excited about sharing my story and how I came into the National Federation of the Blind. Uh, So my name is Chris Walker, as Aaron said. Um, I live in Winchester, Virginia, and I currently serve as the president for our local chapter here. Uh, We have about 15 chapters here in Virginia, so we are one of the chapters in the northwest part of Virginia. So we are located in the Shenandoah Valley area in between the mountains uh, in a rural area. So I um, became blind 10 years ago. It'll be going on 11 years, but I went totally blind at the end of 2009 of November. And I was uh, working and doing my everyday life. And then one day I noticed that my eyesight was blurry and I was a little bit concerned about it. So I made an appointment to go see a ophthalmologist. So I got into the ophthalmologist and they examined my eyes and they basically told me I need to go to a retina specialist like right away. So of course I um, did that uh, as soon as possible. And then once I got to the retina uh, specialist, they told me that I needed to go to the hospital right away. So everything was very quick. And so I ended up in the hospital for about a week and I I lost my left eye uh, totally blind. And so I said, well, at least I have my right eye. I could still, you know, still do things. But they were trying to figure out what had happened with my left eye. And I had gone on uh, multiple doctor's appointments and things like that. And so I was just kind of blessed to have my right eye. So I left out of the hospital. Then about a week later, I noticed that my right eye was doing the same thing. I was on the computer. And so I said, oh, I need to go back uh, to the doctor. And that's what I did. I went to the retina specialist. So from there, the retina specialist like, oh, no, you need to go back into the hospital. So I was in the hospital for, gosh, almost two months. And they were trying to figure out why I went blind. Um, they had uh, run a lot of blood tests. Uh, they were sending my lab uh, test to different places to figure out what was going on with my eyes and my retinas and what was causing um, this quick uh, loss of eyesight. But unfortunately, um, they weren't able to regain my eyesight. Um, I tried uh, steroids. Uh, I had been on uh, many eye drops. Uh, It was just very it was such a whirlwind of what was going on in my life at that time at the age of 44 is when I lost my eyesight. So I uh, 
basically after that, once I got out of the hospital and they couldn't figure out what was going on, I continued to see the retina specialist, but then um, they were basically telling me there's nothing they could do anymore and that they don't know what the cause was. So for like 10 years, uh, I went without actually having an eye diagnosis. Basically, they just said that my retina is detached um, and uh, they don't know. But anyway, so after I had left the hospital, um, I had no clue of where to get help uh, or assistance on being blind, or I didn't even know about uh, blindness. I didn't know there was any type of uh, VR, vocational rehab or rehabilitation for blind people. And I was fortunate enough to um, get with a coworker that I worked with at the airline at the time. Uh, she had recommended me to a uh, rehab services through the state. And at that time, I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada, is where I went blind. So I was working two jobs. So I was working one in the casino and then one in the airline. So from there, I um, went and to get services because I needed to learn how to uh, live as a blind person, how to, you know, do my orientation and mobility. How do I walk with the cane? How do I, you know, cross streets? How do I just live as a, as a person that can't see? And uh, it was really good because I got services pretty quickly and I was able to also learn assistive technology and uh, also learned about um, home skills on how to cook and just do things without, um, without sight and using those techniques and skills that I learned. Um, but anyway, so what happened after that, I started into the services and my, my direction was to actually return to work. I didn't know what I was going to do after that because I had no clue at the time, 10 years ago, how that would be possible. But I, I knew people who were blind that did work, but everyone's journey was different and definitely my journey turned out totally different from what I thought I was going to do as far as going back to work. Uh, So anyways, I ended up uh, deciding to come back um, to Virginia with my partner and we came back to Virginia. Uh, We were both from here. I grew up in Virginia. We both grew up here and our families were here. So we decided to just come back because we needed to be closer to family. We needed the support uh, system, which we didn't have out in Las Vegas. And we were always afraid if something were to happen that, you know, we needed family to be close by. So luckily, um, our families wrapped, you know, their arms around us and welcomed us back home. Uh, We lived there uh, for a while with parents. But unfortunately, um, you know, other things that happened, um, I don't want to say tragic, but uh, my partner passed away like two months after we got back from Virginia um, from a sudden heart attack. And then like six months later, my cat passed away. So I basically lost like everything because when we left Las Vegas, I just, I, uh, I just mm-hmm. unmuted. I was on mute there for a while. I just said out loud, I just said, oh my God, you know, that, that's, that, that's horrible. That, that's that. Oh my God. That's speaking of, speaking of just sadness and just no luck. I mean, oh, wow. But there's a good ending to it. <laughs> so there's a good ending to the story. So well, you got you got in the end in the end you got a new kitten, right? No, I didn't. Oh, I, didn't okay. I, I thought I thought I thought I thought you I got a dog, were, but I didn't get a kitten. Well, the, well there you go. Well, yeah, I don't know. You one cat dies, you get a kitten. I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah. That would be. Well, that's that's wonderful that you. Uh, you know, is your is your dog a guide dog? No, it's a toy poodle. But I I'm actually. Um, I uh, did put an application for a guide dog, but I'm just waiting. Oh, I had a guide dog. I had okay. a guide dog. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, yes. So please, so please continue with your, with your story, of course. Okay, great. Thanks. So I ended up back in Virginia, and like I said, um, my partner passed away, and then my cat passed away, unfortunately. So I was fortunate enough to stay with family for the whole year because I said, look, this was, this was my game plan was to save up my money and be able to move out on my own again because I did not definitely want to be with family and to burden them. And I knew that I could be independent. So I signed up again for services for the blind here in Virginia. 
And so I had somebody coming out, teaching me Braille and just daily living things, uh, orientation and mobility again. So I ended up, um, a friend of mine had mentioned Winchester and I knew about Winchester and I said, well, that's kind of a small, sleepy little rural town, (laughs) not a lot of people in it. But I was happy because when uh, I went there, I met a lot of good people who supported me and I really liked it because they were able, I was able to walk around um, where I was living before. It was off a dirt road. It was, uh, there was nowhere to go. So when I came to Winchester, I was like just so happy to be able to be able to swipe my cane back and forth and be able to walk the sidewalks and be able to go to the stores and the streets and just be able to go out and do things. And then um, I moved in with a roommate and um, I wasn't sure where I was going to go next. And um, fortunately, I found somebody in my life, and um, we got together, and we've been married for about five years. I've known them for about 10 years now. So um, there was a lot of things that happened between there, because I was looking for something to help other blind people uh, in situations that, you know, had stories like mine, or, you know, that we could kind of just help each other. And so I called around about the National Federation of the Blind, and I also was checking around with uh, the American Council for the Blind, because I had heard about these two organizations, which I'm, uh, I'm sure they're both great, but uh, I just happened to find um, the local chapter here in my area. I didn't even know they were here until I ran into a blind couple that were here um, sitting at a restaurant, and I walked up to them and introduced myself, and I said, I just moved here. And they talked about that. Yeah, they have a local chapter here. Um, you know, it's sort of like this unknown uh, hidden secret, I guess. But uh, I ended up going to a chapter meeting. And uh, I was very, like, just excited about, like, oh, gosh, there's other blind people in my community. So I basically told them my interest saying, hey, I would really love to go and do outreach and talk to the local community, talk to the local organizations, talk to the universities, talk to anybody who would actually listen and so I could share my story and to help the blind community in Winchester. So I was very fortunate uh, to serve as the outreach coordinator. And then I served that for um, that for a couple of years as the outreach. And then I became vice president of our chapter. So I still continue to do outreach and reaching out to the community. And there's a lot of work in outreach. Uh, there's so many things that you can do to uh, put yourself out there and put the organization out there and let them know what, you know, what you have done with your life, what the organization can do for people who are blind. Um, So then I was voted in as president. So uh, this is my second term. So I'll be serving my third term, hopefully soon. And I'll continue to do the work uh, for the organization and our chapter. So we really uh, have built up a lot of things in our chapter. Um, We were, the main goal was to really outreach. So we started talking to the Lions Club, the Kiwanis Clubs, any uh the nursing facility uh university uh we've had many opportunities to speak at many places and we continue to do outreach uh now we're doing it virtually since we can't do it do the due to the uh, covid virus so we're doing the best we can to still be out there and um bringing awareness so i um also got involved with the state affiliate and i now Along with being the president, I also help with the social media aspects of the uh, for the page for Virginia and also the Twitter and the Instagram and the YouTube channel. So that's the one thing that I like doing. I, I'm very um, a people person, so that was best to fit my needs and the organization. Uh, the NFB definitely has a lot for people who, you know, wherever you may be, um, from, uh, you know, a child to all the way up to seniors, they have different uh, divisions within the National Federation of the Blind. So you just have to find your place and your spot. Um, 
we the organization is very a very welcoming organization uh they are you know i'm going to be honest they can get tough on you because they want you to be independent they want you to uh, basically live the life you want and to be able to be a successful blind person no matter you know if you're going to college you're trying to get a job if you're just out there in the community or just doing whatever makes you happy and that you're living you know and doing what you want to do and I always believe in giving back um, a lot of people helped me as well and I get a lot of um people always asking because I don't have all the answers, but I can really try to help uh, other people and direct them or maybe guide them. I can't do the work for you, but uh, the best advocator is yourself is what I always believe because I've always advocated for myself because you can't get to places unless you advocate. And the NFB is definitely a, a they do advocate for the blind, for the rights of the blind. So when we're not getting uh, the things that we need, uh, such as accessible uh, checkouts at stores or uh, college where college students aren't getting their books, um, there's things that tech, you know, blind people need technology in order to um, do things with screen readers and with the uh, JAWS program. So there's a lot. Um, there, there's parents of blind children, there's blind parents, there's a seniors division, there's, um, there's just all types of stuff. They have a student's division. So anywhere you are in your life, you can find something and um, grasp to it. Now, not be, you know, being in an organization is not for everybody, but if you have another outlet that you like to use, um, just like I met Aaron this evening through WhatsApp. So um, here I am talking to you guys, um, sharing out the information. And a lot of us have um, different stories. And, you know, my, you know, even what came out of all that stuff is like, uh, I ended up marrying somebody that I love and, you know, buying a new home, buying a, you know, vehicle, you know, getting a new pet. And I, you know, um, lined up to get a guide dog hopefully soon and you know things work out for you if you really put your foot forward and it's not going to be easy it's not going to be you know just given to you like that um you'll be tested um every day i'm tested and uh if you don't know something then ask there's nothing wrong with asking or being embarrassed about i always feel like you know there's never um you know, a wrong question or anything like that, because we all need to know what, you know, we can do to help each other, especially within the blind community, um, because a lot of our families don't understand. Um, I'm sure a, a lot of us have a lot of funny stories we could tell. <laughs> uh, I sure do. But, uh, you know, people who don't understand blindness. So that's one thing um, I really try to educate people on. Uh, they're really big on teaching Braille to children. And I think they should also uh, concentrate on people who are older in age and then they go blind. Um, so unfortunately, seniors, sometimes they, you know, they're old school and they don't want to be taught technology and it's too hard for them. But, you know, you take them for where they, you know, where they're coming from and you don't, you just take those people for where they're at and not try to push them, but just let them know that they can do these things. And I uh, run across so many people that tell their stories to me too. And I try to, um, the biggest thing is to be a good listening ear and uh, just listen. Sometimes people just need you to listen to them and they don't need, you know, they don't need an answer. They don't need something, somebody to tell them to do this or do that. Uh, I always feel like I can give you the ideals or, you know, help you along the way um, as other people had done when I first went blind. So every day is always, you know, just a learning experience for me as I'm always learning from all of you. And I really, um, you know, I continue on. I mean, I don't know. I'm in my mid-50s now and, you know, I'm sort of kind of, 
not far, far away from retirement, but I have plans <laughs> to, you know, keep uh, keeping involved with the organization and helping out anywhere I can. Uh, the National Federation of the Blind also has an annual convention every year, and we just had one this past year. Unfortunately, because of the COVID, we were supposed to go to Houston, and we ended up going virtually, and they ended up over with 10,000 blind people across the country and the world. So um, it was different. Um, a lot of people were new to the Zoom platform. A lot of people were trying to get used to all the new technology and things like that. But as blind people, you know, we're capable of so much. And the low expectations of uh, people, you know, that's where we have to come in and educate people to let them know, yes, we can do those things. So there's different approaches that you can go on that. Uh, I really try to be patient. Um, you, I'm sure a lot of you get some crazy, crazy wild questions, as I do. Um, so I just try to, sometimes I have to uh, laugh under my breath and just sort of like, well, that's maybe a good question, but maybe have you thought <laughs> of uh, just uh, how would you do it? So um, when I didn't, there to me, there's no wrong, there's no right. Well, in some things there are, but in most ways, like if I do something in one way, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it away. We all have different skills. We all have different um, things that we enjoy doing. And that's the most important thing. You don't have to keep up with everybody in the blind, you know, who's blind or they do this or they're great at orientation and mobility. And But if you come to really listen to everybody, we all run into sort of like the same problems and issues and questions and concerns. Uh, especially during this COVID virus. Well, how do we keep distance? You know, how do we go shopping now? How do we, you know, do all these different things? And then this is where we have to be creative. Uh, within the NFB is we, we look at ways of being able to uh, get around these things and to work around them, just like anybody else in the world. All of us in the world have to do it, either sighted or blind. So i sharing my perspective as being sighted and blind. So I've had both. Um, you know, I ask questions of people who have been blind all their life because um, one of my curiosities, well, how do you determine colors? You know, how do you determine what certain things look like? Because I can, you know, for me being sighted, I can picture these things in my mind because they're captured there. But... Um, when we in the community too, when people, when you're considered legally blind, we want people to say that you're blind because um, it's, we have a visual impairment. I've heard of low vision uh, or high partials. You hear different terms, but really, if you think about it, we're blind. Uh, we do have some type of um, uh, seeing disability that um but we find those ways to overcome that and not let that define us as that because it definitely um it never defined me as a person because i have many different characteristics of who i am so i am uh i'm asian so i'm also gay i'm also blind so many of us are different, you know, brown skin. We all come from very different backgrounds. And that's what I love about the Federation is because they're diverse, they're open to people, and they're really, really getting there um, as far as uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, not saying one is better than the other, that we're all in this together. Uh, the National Federation of the Blind has really impressed me in the last um, three or four years because their attitudes have changed and people learn and we continue to grow. Um, any organizations, I've been in you know, many types of different organizations and you do run into politics sometimes, which is unfortunate and um, I've run into that as well. But you know, if you put aside all that and really see what is really good as a whole picture and what we're trying to do. 
um, always to strive to be better and to have equal access to uh, things in our life that are going to make our life easier or to help us uh, to live the lives we want. I really appreciate um, the opportunity to have this platform to come out and speak to everybody on this podcast because I always enjoy uh, listening to other people, um, especially, you know, I heard people who are newly blind that have reached out to me through uh, a lot of social media. I've met a lot of great people. Uh, good, I have good rapport and just people from all just different backgrounds and lives and where we're coming from. And, um, you know, please just don't shame each other. Um, I see that sometimes. And, um, you know, it's bad enough that we're all going through what we're going through, but we, you know, just help, you know, just think of us like brothers and sisters and trying to help each other and doing the right thing and things like that. So I continue, um, like I said, in our community and doing a lot of outreach still and trying to um, bring people into the Federation and letting, letting them know what we do. And I know some people, you know, aren't ready and some people are ready. Um, we will put you to work if you come into the Federation, that's for sure, because we want you to be involved. We want you to be a part of the Federation family because that's the way I look at it, you know, all families are not perfect. Um, we argue, we cry, um, we, we scream at each other at times. But when, it, you know, at the, you know, end of the day, we are together as one, as a family. So I really uh, believe in that aspect. Um, I had a loving mother who accepted me, always told me that, she was proud of me and um, you have people in your lives who can help mentor you and uh, just be there for you to help you, you know, step, uh, step along the way in your life and what you want to do and things like that. Um, it's definitely not, everything's not easy. Um, you have to do the work. You have to put the work into it. Um, I know sometimes we expect things to happen and maybe they don't happen in the way we think it should happen. And that's okay because, you know, the, the road to our journey is not a straight path. It takes many twists. It takes many turns. It takes many, uh, it's almost like being on a roller coaster. You just never know. You can go up the hill, you can go down the hill, around the curve, <laughs> uh, all tips, you know, upside down. And uh, we just have to kind of, for me, it definitely um, is a balancing act. But I, you know, for the most part, I'm a happy person. So I uh, definitely always trying to look at the positive side, but also realize there are things in the world that are going on that we can't control or are not in our control and we have to accept what's going on but uh so that's basically um a little bit of my story um to share with you guys and i can also um you know i'm always here i'm on facebook chris walker if you look me up you'll find me winchester virginia um, request me as a friend or send me a message i'd be more than happy to talk to anybody um and things like that. And, uh, and that's, I think that's about it. Um, that's about it for now, Aaron, unless you wanted to ask me any questions. I certainly would. You're doing a great job. Absolutely magnificent as always, of course. So, I mean, you know, you don't really know. I mean, listener, I mean, the listeners at home, the listeners at home, um, would be, you know, more, more familiar with my story. They've maybe been following me for a year, but this is your, um, I'm guessing this is the first time you've heard of Aaron's opinion, right? Like right now, right? That's correct. Yep. Well, welcome. Well, we're, well, we're glad you're here. Um, I will certainly add you to our, to our WhatsApp group, <clears throat> um, that I have for guests of my show and some managers, some people who I know who've helped me. But, you know, basically my story is um, that 
I, as I was telling you before over WhatsApp, I'm not going to sit here on my own show and tell you that I understand what it's like to become blind as an adult, because I can't. Mm -hmm. I, was I, I was born blind. And I think that it's important to remember, and you know, listener, I've, I've mentioned this to you as the audience many times, that I think that there is one of the, one of the many interesting issues in the blindness community today is that there's a lot of, um, and, and you know, strife and rift and conflict, you know, that's not what it is. But there's a lot of different um, um, emotions as it relates to the issue of, you know, people who were born blind, and who are born their, you know, blind their whole life, and people who became blind later. Um, we are coming up uh, for the radio station. We're coming up on a hard break. We'll be right back. And I have a question uh, for you, Chris, to start out the questions. Do you do you love coffee? By the way, yes, I do. <laughs> well, well, I well, I have just the thing. Did you know that Blended Joe LLC B L E N D E D J O E dot com is the is the sponsor for Aaron's opinion. Well, if you didn't know, now you do. <clears throat> they have basically everything you could possibly want for coffee. They have fruit, they have nuts, all sorts of flavors, all sorts of seasons, all sorts of blends from light, medium, dark, decaf, K cups, you know, you can get beans, ground, everything. You can even support a cause. They have all sorts of coffees that support different different charitable efforts that they do because you know, really one of the, the, the main goal of Aaron's opinion is to help one person and then help a million others by, by educating the world and by having a great and positive podcast. And that's what I hope to do. And that's what I always, always love and enjoy doing. So as I like to say, whether you're, you know, on your couch, um, you know, whether you're at home on your couch, listening to Aaron's opinion, or, or if you're on the go, going out in public, hopefully with your mask on, you know, I guarantee that you'll, you, you will love every sip from Blended Joe. Until the end of the month, 20% uh, off all purchases at checkout promo code Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. One of the, um, you know, one of the biggest issues or not really, well, one of the, yeah, a big, a, a big issue that I want to, a question that I want to address with you is I want to talk about, you know, if you were to solve, and there's a thousand problems to solve in, in society and for blind people and all of that, but if you, Chris Walker, could solve one problem for all blind people in society, what problem would you solve first and why? Oh, gosh, that's going to be so broad. Do you want, do you want, <laughs> do you want me now? Do you want me to go first? Sure. Let's, let's hear you. And then um, I, okay. have, I have an idea, but um, sure. All right. One of the, one of the issues that really, um, kind of challenged my thinking and made me think critically about, you know, what goes on in, in blindness and, in, you know, in the blindness community was the issue of Uber. And this is an issue that Chris, I'm sure you're very familiar with mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, listener, I've had basically my summary of my experience with Uber is that I was very, very, very frustrated that very, very, very few Uber drivers gave me a hard time. I was very, very, very frustrated because mostly, in my opinion, most of the drivers that I encountered when I was maybe living in the Washington DC area, maybe going to school, you know, with my guide dog at the time, you know, needing to use their app, use Uber, mm -hmm. most of the drivers were fine and never gave me any problem. So really philosophically, what bothered me the most about the problems that blind people have been having about Uber is that when you think about it, in, in my opinion and in my own personal experience, most of the drivers were fine. And then you just have a couple, you know, a couple bad eggs, a couple bad apples. Well, mm -hmm. that brings down the whole orchard, you know? So that's really, a, you know, a major issue that I, that I hope and know that the NFB is working on continuously and vigilant, you know, and in a very vigilant way to make sure that, you know, blind people are able to use Uber um, appropriately and safely. And I'll tell you, listener, all you have to do is go to YouTube and just pull up, you know, horror stories from Uber. The horror stories go both ways. There have been some crazy drivers for Uber, but then again, <laughs> 
there's been some crazy passengers where drivers say, you know what the drivers have said, I was surprised I got to the, I was surprised I survived the trip. <laughs> so it, it, it goes both ways. It No, it really does. There have been mm -hmm. some, there is a, a, I mean, I'm, I'm addicted to YouTube. There's a YouTuber who produces um, mostly scary content, but he was saying he was an Uber or, or Lyft person. He picked up someone and it was like one of these, you know, people that doesn't have a name, you know, they won't say your name. I, I don't have a name, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm going to an address that doesn't exist, but you need to get me there. You know, those types. He was so scared and he, he quit or something like that. There have been some, there have been some crazy stuff with Uber. Um, your, your opinion, uh, both, you know, personally, professionally, go, go right ahead. Sure. So Uber, um, I know there's been a lot of um, National Federation of the Blind did sue Uber at one time so they started a survey uh called i forgot what it was called excuse me sure, sure. <laughs> perhaps, but perhaps anyways they the, um that might have been maybe the right the the ride, ride share, share ride, ride share experience something yes like about that. um yeah about guide dogs and being um where they would call an uber driver and the uber driver would just drive off and um or throw so, fit yeah and they would not uh, they would get into fights with the Uber drivers because uh, Uber drivers think I don't take dogs, uh, things like that. So it's still a continuation of that. Um, so we ask members or whoever to put out their experiences um, on the survey so that way they can collect the data and let them and go back to Uber to let them know saying, hey, sure. this is still happening. So uh, when, so so when NF, so, so my follow-up to that, when NFB is collecting the data, what what actions are going to be taken to follow up and to you know come full circle with the data and the and the facts and the information well hopefully a good outcome um right now they're still in the midst of working on that um you know it's always a continuous thing um like you said when you take uber just like anybody i think anybody who takes uber because you can you know i've gotten into cabs and you know or wherever and you can just run into something totally crazy and off the wall, you know, that's unexpected. So uh, those type of things, um, I always tell blind people who are there if to make sure that the driver states their name. Uh, if you're using the Uber app, uh, maybe try to use a service called Ira, uh, where you have a live agent who can come and um, they can actually assist you and getting a Uber driver and let you know, you know, what vehicle, where they're at, or, you know, they're coming, uh, especially if you're in a crowded place and you're trying to find the vehicle, because sometimes uh, the Uber driver can be very good or they could be just whatever. So um, those are some of the things, um, you know, we use different tools in our toolbox that are available to us. Uh, if we don't have the site, then we have those services available, which we are so lucky now and these days uh you know there's be my eyes as well where there's volunteers that will come up and assist you i've used these services uh there's nothing wrong with it i've helped them they've helped me get through um, hotels when I'm, I'm on travel uh to get me to my destination to get you through airports um to get you to your uber uh to get you to wherever um you need to go train stations bus stations so uh it definitely um it's not a replacement for your orientation and mobility, but it's definitely uh, a big extra help. Um, so uh, we definitely have to get creative or you ask somebody uh, for assistance to say, hey, you know, can you help me out? Uh, there's no wrong, there's no right. Um, and it really depends on the situation that you're in. Uh, the biggest thing about, um, you know, getting sighted assistance through the airport you know sometimes when you're in a big airport you know a lot of people want we want to do it independently but sometimes for the sake of just the stress levels that people may be going through or they may have other issues going on besides blindness that they need that help there's nothing wrong with that so uh, i always feel there's everybody's in a different situation and time so you know you may be going through the airport, but you're having a totally different experience than somebody else who's having, you know, going through the airport. I always try to look at the bigger picture and a wider open frame and not just box it in saying, oh, well, this happened to all blind people. Well, no, it didn't because some people had some good experiences and some people had some bad, but we can share those experiences and let people know that, hey, you know, 
yeah, it didn't work out that way, but you know, how can we make it better for us? Uh, you know, when you're, especially, uh, you know, you want to be safe with Uber, especially when you can't, or anybody that's taking you any type of service, you know, you want to be aware of your surroundings and maybe let other people know, hey, I'm traveling from point A to point B. Um, but this is, I think this is just uh, good judgment and safety, I guess, um, and letting people know where you're going at times. And uh, so that way you just have a backup of, um, you know, how you're going to get there and plan, 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 plan your, your things out. Give yourself extra time to get there. Um, you know, if you're taking paratransits or, um, you know, leave enough time, things break down, you know, they got to pick up other people. All these other things are going on. And, you know, we're always like, oh, you know, they're not here because they're not here on time. Or you say, oh, well, maybe something might have happened. Or, and things get, you know, unfortunately they get jacked up. <laughs> and then it just kind of ruins, you know, what's going on throughout the day. So I just, tell people to, you know, to be patient. It happens. Yeah. You know, I hate to say it. Yeah, it sucks, but it does happen. Um, so I don't know. I just try to tell people there's very different scenarios on how we handle each personal situation that we're going through. Uh, you know, we can be at a doctor's office and, you know, I've run into a lot of strange things that just kind of made me really kind of roll my eyes, you know, and some people are very nice. Some people can be just, you know, you just don't understand. Uh, you want people to understand. Cause I've had people saying, why do people keep asking me all these questions or, you know, don't grab me, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm tired of educating people and say, like, well, unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's that way. There's, you know, we can only try to help them and, I know that I'm in a rush sometimes and I'll try to get there and I just want to get there and be done with it. But if I'm, you know, if I'm lost and I need to like take a deep breath and say, okay, slow down for a minute. You know, what do I need to do next? What can I do to rectify this situation or get things done? So um, I don't know. I just really think Aaron that people have to really think about, um, the things that we're doing and how we do it. And, um, you know, we have expectations um, for people and then people also have their own, own expectations and people are also in a rush, uh, same as you trying to do things. So I also try to bring an understanding to that and um, just try to keep moving on. And, you know, tomorrow will be a better day, hopefully. <laughs> so. Um, if not, you know, you have your good days, you have your bad days. And I just try to, uh, you know, just as a person and a blind person, just try to have that attitude of gratitude sometimes to be like, you know, I can do these things now. Because I always look back sometimes to like, you know, where we come from back in the day, you know, when the Federation was found back in the 1940s to where we are to, you know, 2020. And we still have a long ways to go. We're always educating and letting people know um, we do go to Capitol Hill and we talk to our local representatives when there's problems that arise. Call your local representatives. Let them know what's going on. Show up. Be there. Be a voice. Um, I had a, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, about voters registration. So uh, we know the election's coming up on November 3rd. So with this COVID virus, um, I've been giving this a lot of thought, you know, about, you know, am I safe enough to go to my voting polling place? Or is, a, is my polling place even going to be open, you know, with this going on? Because a lot of the workers don't want to show up because they're afraid of the virus. And a lot of people have health conditions. And I mean, it's just everybody across the board. And so how do we, you know, keep safe and how do we, in Virginia right now, we are working on trying to get uh, them to have the absentee voting uh, ballot, being able to do it through the computer and being able to mark our own ballot without having somebody who's cited that is marking your ballot and having that trust 
knowing that that sighted person is going to do the right thing, that your vote is going to be counted. Now, I know some states are doing early voting. There's a lot of talk still going on. So we are definitely working hard in Virginia to get that rectified because everybody has the right to vote. Um, and we don't want anybody left out. So, you know, everybody's kind of trying to figure this out and especially people with disabilities, um, you know, can we do drive ups? Um, I know they do drive ups and things. So, and people live in different places and different, you know, you may live in a rural area, but that may only have one polling place or you may live in a place where you can't get to someplace, but, you know, just being able to have that option of being able to vote and uh, it's so important because I know when I had a problem here and where I live in Winchester about um, when I went in to vote, none of the precinct workers or the workers knew how to work the accessible machines because they were never trained on them. So, of course, you know, my outreach um, kicked in and I reached out to the voters registers office and said, hey, you know who I was. And I called and I said, you know, I had this issue, can I please come in and talk to you guys? And they were more than receptive to come in and let me talk to them and said, this is, you know, what I um, ran into, the problems and stuff. And I said, you know, I would love to come and talk to all the volunteers in um, our county and the other counties and city. And they let me um, for the last four years. I just talked about being able to vote independently, how to, um, you know, guide a blind person or asking for that blind person what they're needing and not just assume you know what we need and things like that because i just felt it was so important for me to be able to sit down at a machine and be able to put my ballot in and vote and i did it using um you know voiceover technology and stuff like that and i went and i trained with the volunteers i trained with the head of the voters registers office so we can make things happen um and to change things it takes work it takes time um yes you can yeah you can yell and kick and scream all you want on the floor but nothing's going to happen unless you really uh put the work and effort and sometimes it may not work the first time but you have to just continue to uh you know we need to advocate for ourselves and the things that we're needing. Um, I know also other issues regarding uh, shopping. There's so many apps out there now that people are, you know, where you can get your groceries now um, delivered to your home. So you don't have to go out there in that COVID virus or maybe ask somebody in your community or your church or your family to say, hey, you know, could you help me? Um, I want to get some groceries and stuff like that. So I always say there's always one way, you know, one way more than the skin of cat. So you can definitely think of different um, things and uh, things that are going to work for you. Um, you know, just reach out to somebody and just let them know, you know, you're having this problem. I actually just signed up for the different apps um, like Grubhub and Uber Eats and Instacart, um, all these different things that we have available that you can just shop right from your home and have it delivered to you. Although I haven't tried it, but I hear a lot of people out there, um, you know, love the service, no matter, you know, if it's you're blind or not, it's just the convenience of having that service there. Because um, I know back in the day, what would we have done? You know, we would actually had to go out there and um, I do shop. Um, I go out to the public, but I make sure that, you know, I do the correct precautions uh, that they're stating out there. And, um, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, you keep yourself safe, you keep everybody else safe. And uh, so there's a lot of things that are available at the tip of our fingers that we can uh, utilize and um, people that we can be friends with mentors that will help you uh, get you there. Cause I'm doing that every day. Uh, people are calling me, people are you know texting, emailing, however you communicate uh, by phone or WhatsApp, uh, talk to somebody because 
you may think you're the only one that's ever going through that problem or issue. Uh, a lot of us have gone through it and we found different ways of uh, skills and techniques to get through those, um, through those times that we're dealing with. Because uh, at the beginning, I remember not knowing a lot of things and I joined uh, some groups on Facebook and I just started asking questions about how do you do this or is this, you know, a silly question or, you know, things like that. Um, I do um, my passion and the one thing that I like to do that I get enjoyment out of is cooking. Uh, I like to cook my own meals and people all say, oh my gosh, how do you, you know, how do you do it being blind? And it's like, well, I just do it because I want to eat. So I, uh, I uh, look at different recipes on YouTube. Um, I always like trying different new things. I always try to put myself and challenge myself to put myself out of the comfort zone. Um, there's a lot of things that I still need to work on that kind of put me out of the comfort zone. But once you do it, um, you know, and you put yourself through it, you don't find it as uh, hard or daunting um, as you may seem. Um, a lot of it, I think, comes from fear of the unknown, uh, fear of failing, fear of whatever you may be feeling. But there's nothing wrong with failing because that's where we also learn because I've failed plenty of times uh, and I can admit it and be okay with it and just move on from it and not let that, uh, you know, that fear uh, hold on to me as far as um, me living my life every day. Um, I thought at the beginning of my blindness that, oh, you know, I didn't think it was the end of my world, but I was just like, I think I just told myself, I had the attitude, what do, what do I do next? How do I, uh, how do I get beyond this blind thing? Because to me, it was just a, one of the characteristics of who I was. And it was a new characteristic that I had to take on as a blind person, as a new, you know, uh, new thing. So a lot of other things can happen to us during our lifetime as, as we go down the road, uh, you know, as we get older or things happen in our lives, we just have to hopefully, uh, you know, do the best that we can do to get through it and to solve the problems and to uh, reach out to whatever you have to do to kind of give yourself balance. Uh, that's just me personally is what I'm talking about. But if I could share it and let people know that, you know, it's going to be okay that you know, that we get through these things and we have, you know, and you're allowed to uh, have your feelings. We are allowed to have our feelings and get, you know, get through those emotions and all the things that the crazy things, because sometimes when I even get out and I'm uh, walking about orientation and mobility, even though I've been blind for 10, 11 years, when I get out there, I fear sometimes, <laughs> you know, honestly, when I get out of there, like, I know I can do it. I don't do it as fast as I used to do it um, because I'm using so many different things that were taught to me uh, as far as listening uh, to the traffic patterns and like, how do I cross the street or, you know, what, you know, am I going through a driveway or, you know, the sounds change? Um, how do I, how do I do all these things? So, cause you're thinking like so many things in your mind and um, I've done it and I just take a deep breath and I get through it. And then when it's all said and done, I'm kind of like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought, but uh, I think it's really a lot of our mindset and what we put our minds to because I think like I always think of it this way if I'm somewhere and I don't want to have to wait for somebody to come get me or to do get me a drink or to go to the bathroom or whatever I'm like well I guess I gotta you know I figured I gotta go do this because I'm not gonna wait you know for somebody when I, especially if you have to go to the restroom or you're really thirsty or, you know, whatever it may be, 
to get where you need to go or to be where you need to be and just, you know, just go out there and do it. And um, like I said, um, I go out and sometimes I ask people that are around, you know, can you tell me, you know, am I going the right direction or am I not? Or, and I've had a lot of people um, grab me and uh, it throws me off surprise. And I said, um, I don't yell at them. I said, may I grab your arm or, you know, just be nice because I know these people are trying to be as helpful as they can be. And if they don't understand it, then, you know, in that moment we could teach them something because trust me, it's not going to go away where people we're expecting people to understand, especially the sighted world. Um, some people, you know, just won't get it or they will get it. And if they do get it, then, uh, I had to teach people when I was going to my church. Uh, you know, they had large print for people and they they came up to me and said, hey, what ways can we be better at um, helping you, you know, uh, since you don't have sight and stuff. And then uh, they worked some things out where it was accessible. I was able to get the information that I needed. Uh, sure. Sure. You know. Really excellent. Outstanding. Great. Um, yeah, I mean you've made you've made all good points. All and you're you're a hundred percent right. You have about uh four let's say four minutes. Um what are some takeaway points, some closing arguments that you want to make basically? Well, just live your life. <laughs> you know, um live it to the best that you can be and you know, enjoy life and you know, blindness is not what holds us back. Uh, that's for sure. It definitely hasn't held me back. Um, I still do things that I want to do um, and just continue to, uh, you know, go out of your uh, safe zone, uh, be confident, uh, be who you're meant to be in this world. Uh, it's a big world. We can't do everything, but... Um, you know, as long as you feel your accomplishments, uh, where you want to be, what you want to do in life uh, takes you. And basically, uh, I think that's all that is asked of us um, is just to, you know, do what you want to do and, you know, do it the way you want. Definitely. Really good. So once we in the in the remaining time, um, where have you traveled to uh, overseas? I actually have never been overseas. Um, I was adopted. Um, another thing about me uh, by an American family when so they were in Thailand. So, so I was my, been... my brother. My brother was actually adopt is actually adopted too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I came into a family. So they already had three kids of their own, and so we came back here. I came here uh, in 1972, and so um, I've traveled a lot in the U.S. So I've been to California. I've been to Nevada. I've been to Colorado. Uh, been to Cincinnati, Florida, uh, Louisiana. I mean, I've been in all the states, but one of the things that I do, which is on my bucket list, is to hopefully go back to Thailand, my homeland, to uh, go visit the market and take a tour, a uh, guided tour, and stay there for about a month and just enjoy my history of what I, you know, what I've lost. And then also another bucket thing is to also travel the 50 states and go see all the different uh, states I did. Um, you know, I drove across country when I had the opportunity to do so. So basically, you know, you can go do these things. I know people who have traveled the world um, and it didn't stop them from going. They just, you know, went out and experienced so many different things. And uh, that's, Definitely, you know, life is out there to experience, so go experience it. <laughs> That's what I say. Really good. Yeah, I've traveled all over Europe, and French is my second language, so I've been to France three times. But okay. So good. so good. Do you speak Thai? No, unfortunately, I don't anymore. My parents tried to keep me um, talking to the maids and stuff, and I just... Uh, I did talk for a couple of years, believe it or not, uh, from what my mother was saying, because I guess I was getting confused with the Thai language and the English. 
language. And um, my mom, she told me a story real quick. She, <laughs> we were in a car um, and I was back in the day, didn't have the seatbelts in the back, but I was standing in the back seat and um, I said a word and that was my first, I can't remember the darn word, but uh, she said something about the, uh, about the police car and she said some word and I repeated it and that was like my first <laughs> English word <laughs> and it wasn't a good word I don't think uh, well on, well but, or, or from what this story that's that's a hilarious but a hilarious, yeah so hilarious story well <laughs> well you've been listening well you've been listening to Aaron's opinion the podcast for blind people where we talk about issues in the blindness community well thank you Chris Walker well, thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate, um, you know, reaching out to me and giving me this platform. My pleasure. And as I like to say, have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer.